Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and today's lesson we're going to talk about something a little bit different. It's a blog that's taken me about five years to write and it's based on my experience of buying courses online and the aim of it is to help you make the right decisions when you buy a course online. There are two parts to this blog and the first one is kind of the negative side. So these are the dangers that I want you to look out for. These are things that people use to sell their courses and they're things that I've experienced myself negatively. I've had negative experiences with them. So I want to stop you from making the same mistakes that I have made so that will be the first part. In the second part, it'll be more positive. It'll be what you can find in a course and what you should look for in a course, what's what's the sign of a good course. But this one is all about red flags. Even if you're not interested in buying an online course, a lot of the language I'm using today is related to sales and marketing. So it's a really useful uh, topic anyway, because it's something that you might want to discuss in IELTS, maybe in the task two, um, you know, because a lot of it is talking about companies and organizations and businesses and also in the speaking part two and part three, very often you have to talk about an advert or something that you bought that you regretted. So a lot of this language is going to be really useful for you. I'm going to start with that red flag one. Red flag is a, a obviously a sign of danger and the title of this blog is about 10 red flags things that you should just question before you accept what you see that's another IELTS skill it's all about critical thinking um, your ability to question what people tell you when people advertise their course you've got to decide between three things really. What is a fact? What is absolutely undisputed and true? Um, what is a claim? So a claim is what the person selling the course tells you is true. That's what they say is true. And then what is simply an opinion? An example of this could be somebody who says it's the most successful course in the world. If that is correct, well, then you might need evidence. If it's a fact, you might want to look for evidence of this. And if it's a claim, again, you if it's something you could dispute, then you've got to question why that person told you that. Or is it simply an opinion? Is it the, the person who sells this thing? Is it just their opinion? In which case they should say they think it's the best course. Um, there used to be a, a beer advert. I think Heineken used to say probably the best beer in the world. Probably. <laughs> they weren't claiming that it was the best beer because you can't because so much of this is based on subjective opinion. And these are the things that you'll 
that'll help you. This kind of critical thinking will help you in other aspects of your academic studies, like in your writing, in your reading, the ability to read between lines and think critically is absolutely an essential skill. So it's going to be quite a long podcast because I'm going to talk in some detail about these uh, sales strategies that I've experienced. There is a blog on my website. If you prefer to just read and skim through it, absolutely fine. Go and read that blog. It's in some detail. But the blog didn't allow me to really explain how I feel about um, this kind of strategy. And I'm, I'm saying now from the start, I, I mostly hate all of the strategies people use to sell stuff. I only like honest sales. And I it's something I really struggle with because I sell online courses. And I have to be really careful that what I'm selling is to me, the truth. I have to be really careful about what I claim about my course. Um, and I can't, I just can't bear the things that I see that I know that are untrue about other people selling their courses. And a lot of my followers have read the blog and they've said to me, oh, I didn't realise this. I, I thought this was true. I, I never questioned it. And I think that's true for all of us. I fell for one of these, I call it a scam. It's not a scam, but it's deceitful. And I fell for it last week. After five years of recognising these scams, I, I saw another one and I fell for it. Uh, hook, line and sinker. I thought this looks fantastic. Um, I fell for all of the the tactics that they used. So they said, if you don't sign up today, then um, you'll lose the place. You know, there's only 100 spots left. You are number 98. Oh, so there's two spots left. And if you don't buy it before September the 1st, the price will double. And all of these things, I fell for it. And when I started the course, the course was completely not what I expected not was what was promised, and um, it it was just um, a way of getting me to buy quickly, it, it, to panic me into buying. And thankfully, there was a refund um, option, which which of course, if it's a refund, then it's not a scam because they will give you your money back. But I wonder how many people fell for it and didn't realise that they weren't getting what was promised for them. Yeah, so anyway, I fell for that last week. I did get a refund, which I was happy with, but now I've been completely blocked from that site just in case I warn other people of what to me is false advertising. So I'm not going to mention any names because that would not be fair, but you might recognise some of the things that I mention today. You might have experienced them. You might you might know what I'm talking about. Um, and please come to the website. If you disagree with any of the things I'm saying or you've had 
other experiences, then then please come and comment. You're very welcome to do that. This is just my experience of, of what I see and it's my opinion about this kind of selling. So let's start. Right. So if you go to the blog, you can see that I've been buying online courses for five years. So I think I've really got a really good idea of what's good, what's bad, what's worth it and what's not. So the very first online course that I bought was on Udemy. There are millions of courses on Udemy. And I saw this one. I wanted to build a website so that I could teach online. And it was five years ago. And there was this course, how to build a website. I knew nothing about building websites. And my goodness, it was reduced from $299 to just $9.99. What an amazing bargain I thought that was. How lucky I was to have found it. Um, so I bought this course for $9.99. Um, I didn't have a clue. I did about two lessons. I realized I couldn't get any help. It was a waste of money. Thank goodness only $10. But still, it started me thinking about how how these courses are sold. Was it really worth $300? Um, I found out later that I could easily get this information on, on YouTube um, at that time, I didn't realize how much was free on YouTube. So, um, yeah, it was a waste of money. And one expression you might like is buy cheap, buy twice, um, which if you buy something cheap, you probably have to spend more money again. And, and this was certainly the case with this absolute bargain, which, you know, if it was worth $299, they would sell it for $299. You can certainly find website developer courses for two nine nine. So why were they selling it for nine ninety nine? Well, of course, it's just a way to get you to buy it so that you feel pleased that you saved so much money. Um, another course that I bought, and I really I spent a lot on this course. Um, it was a year's access to uh, somebody who teaches marketing skills. And I think I spent about $600, I think. Um, and I thought, well, that's great. I don't have to spend any more. I'll get a full year of help and support from this woman. And what I soon noticed that as soon as she added anything that was really crucial, like a LinkedIn um, yeah, training or masterclass or things that I really needed, I had to pay $49 extra, so it wasn't everything included. And I felt really conned by this. I, I felt really angry that I'd spent all this money and she was still trying to get more money out of me. It was constant. Every masterclass you had to pay extra for, every um, new workbook that she brought out was extra. And I felt really, really disappointed by that. Um, and then recently, I'd, there was a course I wanted to buy. I thought it was too expensive because it was $200. And I didn't really trust that it would be that great. But somebody uh, well-known recommended it. Uh, and, and they offered me a 50% affiliate discount. So affiliates is when they get some money for recommending that course. 
So I thought, well, if she recommends it, it must be good. And I, I bought it for $99. And when I logged in, I actually thought I'd logged into the wrong place. I thought it was like the free course. Um, you know, so for $100, there wasn't even a video. There was no input from the teacher. It was about five PDFs that gave me information that I could find on the internet. And honestly, I still have that link. I can share it with you. It is now selling for $497. If you go to that site and then you click off it, it will immediately give you a $100 discount. So this is all pathetic, really. It's pathetic lies. It's just putting uh, any price that anybody will pay for this course um, and, and and it's trickery really and I just don't like it. So when I try to sell my course um, I look at how other teachers are selling theirs and I ask for advice on what's the best way to sell my courses. Now some people hate selling and think it's wrong that teachers shouldn't sell their courses but of course teachers work hard to create those courses um, and if they don't sell them well they're not helping anybody so I've I finally got round the mentality that it's not wrong to sell courses or to sell your work but the feedback I get from my course when I ask people you know what I could do um, they say first of all I'm too cheap and if, if it's too cheap, people will think that it's not a good course and they won't buy it. And then they say, oh, no, it's too expensive because you can buy IELTS courses on Udemy for like 10 bucks. Um, so either it's too cheap or it's too expensive. Then they say I'm not making enough promises that I should guarantee a band seven because all the other sites guarantee band seven. Well, nobody can guarantee a band seven. Lots of people say I should pretend there's a discount because people love discounts. So I should say, oh, yeah, it's worth $2,000, but you can buy it for $99. I hate that kind of lie. I'm not going to do that. Um, other people say, well, tell them the course is full. So then they will panic when the place becomes available. So you say, oh, I'm sorry, the course is full. And then, you know, Two minutes later, oh, actually, here's a space become available and they will panic and they'll, I don't want people to panic and buy my course. I want them to think about it, to consider it, to consider if it's right for them. And the last one is people say, oh, tell them that you're putting the price up tomorrow. So they'll quickly, again, it's panic buy. So they'll they'll quickly um, just kind of be pressurized into buying it. Um, that's not my style at all. I don't like that style. I've tried it. It didn't work just because I felt uncomfortable with it. And I just really honestly want to be honest. Um, and if I say I think my course is the best course on the market, that's my opinion, then the feedback I get is nobody will believe you. And so what's the alternative? I tell lies and they say, well, yeah, that's what everybody else does. Just tell lies. <laughs> yeah. So here are the lies, the, the tricks. There are about 10 of them. First one I've mentioned is uh, probably the worst, the worst thing I see. And this is that you, you get very excited. This is the best course in the world. And you click on it. Oh, my goodness, it's full. And, uh, you know, 
so many reasons why a course, a digital course, cannot be full. It's a digital course. It's impossible for a digital course to be full. If it was a physical course in a school, then they might put limit on class numbers, like 30 people in a class, so the class could be full. But if there's huge demand, they'll probably just employ another teacher and rent out another room. So think about it. If you've got 30 students paying $10 each per hour, that's $300, and you're paying one teacher $30, you make a huge profit. There's no way you would turn away business. And also, it's not about turning away business. It's These people say that they want to help. They, they have this image of, I'm here to help, and um, this is what I, I do. This is my life. I help people. Oh, no, the course is full. You know, what a load of rubbish. It's really a barefaced lie. And then to make matters worse, to add insult to injury, to rub salt in the wound, um, they then send you an email because they've got your email and they say, oh, I made this video for you, even though your name is not in the video. So they obviously didn't make a video for you. And then they say, um, oh, look, somebody just passed, even though it's like the middle of the night. Somebody just passed. So, oh, there's a place available now. Um, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up. If you've got a course that is um, lifetime, then you can't say that a space becomes available. And then there might be a limit on the number of teachers that that person employs, possibly. But then if you dig a little deeper and you see that this school employs hundreds of teachers online, probably not very well paid, then you see it's just not it's just a complete lie and um you should just walk away from that kind of trickery right that's right that's my worst one so i'm going to stop there um i mean in my course there's only me and so if i'm i do live i do marking every week everybody submits their writing and there is a limit to how many I can mark. There's a physical limit. So I might say the limit is 30 because that's I can only mark 30 in one day. It takes me about a day to do 30. Um, but probably if 500 people wanted to suddenly join my course, I would look for other teachers to help me mark. I wouldn't say it's full. So... That is really the biggest red flag that I've seen. But there are similar ones. So this is trick number two. This was a, a teacher trainer. I wanted to join their course. I thought they were really serious. And I saw an advert. You can see this on the site, 19th of August. And their course starts on September the 1st. So you've got 10 days to join. And it says there's only two spots left in the email, which seems really odd to me. Why would there be only two spots left in this email they're sending to probably 2,000 at least people? And again, why, why only two spots? There's something a bit fishy about this. Um, and indeed, the one that I joined and got the refund for, 
as soon as September the 1st came, the owner was bragging loudly in the Facebook group, oh, look, we've got like 300 signups overnight. And a minute ago, he was saying it's limited to 100 people. So, you know, there are reasons to limit your group so you can give people individual help. But so I joined it thinking that this was the case. But as soon as you see somebody bragging about how many students they've got, then you realise you're not really going to get much help. Um, so this is called fake scarcity. It's widely used. Um, it, it's designed to create FOMO. FOMO is the fear of missing out. And it creates a false sense of urgency. It, it panics you. Um, so that's another red flag, and you can see examples of it on 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 the blog. I mean, we do need deadlines. I don't think there's anything wrong with deadlines. When I do my boot camps, I do say, look, boot camp starts September the 1st. So join before September the 1st, because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. If everybody starts on September the 1st, you'll join the whole group in the first webinar where I, I'll answer all your questions, I'll show you what we're doing, and you'll go through it step by step. This is how my boot camps are designed. So it's much better to start on day one and work through it with me because I can help you through it. So a deadline is good. But if people say halfway through September, can I join your boot camp? I'm not going to say no, because they can still do the materials. They can still uh, access all those materials by themselves. I'm not going to stop them. It's just that it would be much better for them if they started on day one with everybody. So you've got the momentum and camaraderie, the support from all of the group. You're joining like new, like everybody else. So deadlines are great. You know what an essay deadline is like. I have them every Thursday in the boot camp uh, in my members' academy. You have to submit by Thursday. And that makes you do it because you know if you don't do it, I won't mark it. So real deadlines are good. Fake ones, fake ones, fake deadlines are bad. Trick number three I hate this so much. Total value, $2,000. Buy today, just $10. Absolute, a complete lie. And I read recently that, I don't know if you know these famous emails where you get from scammers and they, they just sound absolutely ridiculous. So they always say that I am a Egyptian or Nigerian prince. I have two million dollars, I need to put it into a bank account. Will you help me? Give me your bank account details. And most people would see immediately it's a scam. And you think, why don't they write it better? So, you know, people realize or people don't realize. And apparently they they know that intelligent people will see it's a scam and they'll ignore it. They're trying to target the vulnerable people who can't see it's a scam and the vulnerable people will fall for it. So this seems to me what these 
tricks are doing. They're saying, you know, I, I've got images of this on my blog. You can see real examples that the total value is $1,000. Buy it today for $10. If the total value is $1,000, if they could sell it for $1,000, they certainly would. They are businesses. They're there to make money. Why would they sell it to you today for $10? Because $10 is all that it's worth. So if you're happy to pay $10 and realize that's all it's worth, fine. You haven't wasted much money. But think about the kind of person that you're giving your money to that is trying to trick you into believing that it's worth $1,000. What kind of lies are they telling you? Is this the kind of person that you want to give your money to? Um, when I first started out, I did do this for the Members Academy. I listed each course and there are about 10 courses and I worked out that each course was probably worth about well, I think $50, $49. So 10 times 49 is about $500. Added the time that it takes me to mark and the extra lessons and the one-to-ones and the, um, the speaking classes that are provided twice a day. It did all add up to about one, you know, two grand. And the, the price is $200. But I just felt really uncomfortable with that technique. Because the cost of a course is a very random figure. This is the trouble. How much actually does a course, you know, what is a course worth? It's only worth as much as the person can sell it for. So there's a perceived value. So if I tell you my course is worth $1,000, will you buy it? Who knows? Um it's it's like anything digital or electronic, you know, an ebook. How much does it actually cost? It's different from a paper book where you don't have printing costs, you don't have supplier, shipping costs, um, packaging costs, nothing. So literally an ebook could cost a dollar for the electricity, what what or the Wi-Fi, pennies. But you know, ebooks range from free to twenty twenty dollars more even. Um, so the cost of a course is what somebody has decided they can sell it for. Some statistics I've read say that one hour of online courses costs about $10,000 to make. I, I certainly believe this, knowing how much time it takes to make a course. Um, they do cost a lot to make in terms of time um, but then it's, it's it's very hard to put a price on a digital course. In fact, on my blog, you can see somebody is trying to sell a course for $2,000. And she says, oh, my goodness, I've just seen the same course for $27 on Udemy. Oh, you know, it's exactly the same course. How is anybody going to buy it? And, and this is true. It, it's all completely random. So there might be kind of famous celebrities who sell their courses for 2000, you know, influencers. And that's because of their name. That's simply that's simply it. It doesn't mean that it's any better or any worse than other courses. It just costs more. Um, 
And, and a similar thing is trick number four, which is a false discount. In, in some countries, um, this is actually illegal to do. So when you see a before price, like a was price, um, but it's permanently there. So many websites say, you know, this course was $97, but if you buy it today, it's $10. Um, so this false before price makes you think again that you've got a, a bargain and you should snap it up really quickly. There's an image here and it says claim your free ticket on my website and it says 997 value. Well, why would anybody give away a ticket that's worth $1,000 um, for free? It, it just simply does not add up. And that is probably the case with most of the things that I'm going to be talking about today. We've got as far as number five. So trick number five, have you ever seen the film Elf? It's a brilliant Christmassy film where this man has been brought up by elves in Father Christmas's grotto in the North Pole. And then he realise, actually realises he's a human, not an elf. So he goes to New York to try and find his father. Now, he's never been to any city before. He's never left the North Pole. And the first thing he sees is a... a a cafe which says the world's best cup of coffee. So because he doesn't know any better, he doesn't understand this kind of marketing, he thinks, well, this must be, well, I'll go and have the world's best cup of coffee. And he walks in and he says, congratulations, you're the world's best cup of coffee. He thinks that they've won a competition and they look at him like he's really strange. And um, because he doesn't understand this is just marketing. And people do this, you know, without even thinking about what it actually means, the world's best cup of coffee. Where's the evidence for this? How do you prove that? And you, you do see things like this, people claiming to the, be the best IELTS course in the world or the world's most successful online course. And you have to question this evidence um, because the claims, this is a claim, there's no evidence for it. What does it mean, the most successful online course? So does it mean that it has made the most money for the seller? Possibly. Does it mean that they've had the most students? Well, numbers don't measure quality. Just because you've had a lot of students doesn't mean yours is the best course. It just means that you've been there maybe for longer, and maybe you spend more time advertising your course, time and money, and you can find out these things on Facebook. There's transparent adver uh, advertising costs. You can find out how much people spend trying to get students, and, and some of these companies spend hundreds a month. And it worries me that they're spending that much money on getting students, but don't seem to be spending much money on their investing in the course, just getting the students. Um, so if it actually does mean that they've had the most successful students, you know, meaning the most, I don't know, number of students who got band seven, well, where is the evidence for this? Have they compared every other course in the world? Have they um, looked at other people's success rates? 
So certainly nobody has asked me for my success rates. I didn't submit to them. So how can they make that comparison? How can they make that claim? Where is the evidence for that claim? And the other claim is the kind of false promise, the band seven guaranteed. Um, and, and that's a really nice promise. It's lovely to have that. If you don't get band seven, then, um, you know, you can access the course um, for, for the rest of your life or until you give up. Um, so it's a complete no brainer for the customer to do this. Um, but but still, you could be waiting for a long time. If this band seven is guaranteed all your all your life, then yeah, either you'll get it at some point. It might take five years, or um, you'll you'll give up. <laughs> so it's not really a promise. And that brings me to number six, which is lifetime access. Um, lifetime access. What does it mean? You might think lifetime access means you can have this course until literally you die for the rest of your life. Um, but it doesn't mean that. So do read the small print. Um, if the provider of this course decides to stop selling the course or to stop um, hosting it online or they go bankrupt or, or something happens to them, then that course will not exist and that could close tomorrow. So lifetime access, you do need to double check what that means. So that's one drawback of lifetime access. The other drawback, I think, which is more important is this. I bought a course with lifetime access, how to use Excel. I know it's an excellent course. I can see it is. I started it six years ago, but did I finish it? No, why not? Because I knew I could finish it any time I wanted to. There was no deadline to finish the course. So there was no incentive for me. So I never did. I never learned how to use Excel. I still open up the course from time to time, but I think, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll have it tomorrow. So this is why my courses aren't lifetime access. My courses do have uh, a subscription model, which means you have to use them while you're paying for them, like a gym. Can you imagine a lifetime access to a gym? Would you go? No, you wouldn't, because you think, well, I've paid for that now, and there's no incentive to go. When you're paying for something, you try to make the most out of it while you have it. And that is the principle behind why I put a time limit on my courses. If I don't, you will not use it. Um, number seven is about vague offers. Um, again, I, I admit I've, I've made these kind of vague offers without realizing that they weren't clear. So I said, for example, that you can have 24 hours access to me. And a student said, well, does that mean I can call you up any time for advice? So obviously what I meant was that if you email me, I'll get back to you straight away within 24 hours. But it wasn't clear. And you've got to question what exactly does that mean? And how can this promise be fulfilled? So 
something which says unlimited writing and speaking. I've seen this in lots of places. How can that be? What does that mean? I mean, unlimited writing means you can write as much as you want. Well, is somebody going to mark that for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week? You can speak as much as you want. Again, with who? It just doesn't make sense, that unlimited, um, you know, like I guess if you said unlimited coffee refills, um, how much coffee can you drink really? <laughs> Probably means about one or two. So again, go back to the small print and be a little careful with free tiers. Uh, I mean, tier like level, T-I-E-R. Um, I joined somebody else's free tier just to see what exactly they were offering for free and it was actually less than you get on my website which is free um all they did was give you free downloads of reading tests that you can get free online anyway so the point of a free to join level is to get your email so you join and then they hassle you they keep coming back to you and saying, why don't you upgrade? So it's just another ploy. Um, oh, and that reminds me of another thing, which when they when you don't sign up, uh, somebody, my student, sent me this the other day. They, they send you an email and this one actually said, look, I could charge a hun hundreds of dollars to talk to you, but I'm going to talk to you for free. And again, it's how, why would they talk to you for free if their time is worth hundreds of dollars? It, it's simply another lie. Um, the, the email said, hi there, uh, John asked me to contact you, but they didn't even use their name. So it's just an automated email. Um, yeah, so that's another trick. And trick number eight um, is affiliate marketing. This is really, really popular at the moment, whereby if you recommend somebody else, then you get some of the money. Again, um, I don't do this. I know it works for people. Um, I can see why it works. I don't think it's illegal. Is it immoral? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I think the ones I've seen are where these um, influencers sell, you know, these courses for, they're called high ticket courses. They're about $5,000 plus. And the people who promote them would get about 2000 of that. So there's a huge incentive to promote somebody else's course. Um, I don't do that. Um, I, I promote people who I trust, simply that. So there are two or three people I would say, um, you know, if you want feedback, writing feedback, go to this person. If you want speaking, go to this person. Um, but I don't get anything out of that. It's just I do it based on trust. That's all. Um, I think people do it a lot for tech, which is slightly different. But anyway, I don't know. So I'll move on. I don't do it. Number nine is testimonials. We all want to be reassured that our decision is the right one. 
So what do you do? You look at reviews, you look at testimonials. And especially video testimonials, I know they're really popular. Um, so the one I got ripped off, the, where I got ripped off, um, meaning cheated last week or a couple of weeks ago, there were 400 video testimonials. There were 400 teachers telling me how wonderful this course was. So, of course, I was persuaded by them. They were not fake. Um, so I, I don't know. I, again, did they receive any incentive to record these videos? Possibly. Were they affiliates? Did they get any cash bonus if they joined? If they got me to join, did they get any cash for it? Um, maybe they were simply new newcomers, newbies, um, a little naive and they thought the course was great because they hadn't compared it with anything else. So you, you do have to be very careful with testimonials as well. Um, of course, they, they are. Of course, I use them because my students send them to me. Um, but the important thing is, do you trust them? And if you do, that's fine. Social proof is called um, but then they're never they're never going to show you the negative testimonials. Um, you can only get those on maybe open forums like Google. So all of my reviews are on Google. Um, so you so you know that people haven't been given any incentive to do that. Well, I guess you'd probably trust that. Yes, I guess. Okay, and the last thing the last thing is simply called a red flag. What is a red flag? A literal meaning a danger sign but the modern meaning is used to describe when somebody has a feeling that they are dealing with a manipulative individual manipulative somebody who manipulates you in some way um, so things like if you get an email where somebody says to you I, I'm going to tell you why you failed that negative language to to trigger your fears, um, any of that language that triggers panic or makes you feel bad. Um, and whenever I feel like I've been conned, I look for the warning signs, these red flags. The red flags are where you feel somebody's treating you like an idiot, then they are not to be trusted. Um, so one red flag is if you don't actually know what the person behind the site looks like or sounds like. Um, so, for example, when people join my academy and I know they're just coming to steal the materials, they usually don't reply to any of my emails. There are kind of red flags. I always send welcome personal individual messages. Um, and when they don't even reply or fill out the you know, the needs form like that, then I go and find them. I find their website. I realize they're a, an IELTS website, but I can tell that they're dodgy because I, there's no face there. There's no video. There's no social media presence. Um, they're hiding. And even one well-known teacher who, who famously copies 
everybody else's uh, websites. Um, if you go to Ted Ielts, he's fantastic, by the way. He lists people who copy his site and he shows images. And when you find the people who copy his site, you find maybe they're on YouTube, but they're using like uh, artificial intelligence to do voiceovers. The particular person I'm thinking of actually got his daughter, his kind of 12-year-old daughter, to, to read out model essays that he'd copied. And it's all such a red flag. If a teacher can't do anything by themselves, then what kind of course are they going to sell you? What kind of service are they going to provide if all they can do is copy people? And, and the other thing with red flags are things like spelling and grammar mistakes. I know they're quite difficult to spot, um, but if you want, just send me uh, send me a website and I will spot the spelling and grammar mistakes. <laughs> um, another red flag is people using stolen images with the watermarks still on them, like Canva or, you know, they can't even be bothered to find an image that is they can use. So they just screenshot a stolen one. Um, and the final one is a system that's kind of geared it's been developed to to con you and to trick you into buying it's called click funnels um or something like that and i can usually spot a click funnel by the horrible colors they they make billions they're absolute billionaires but they've got a horrible uh logo kind of blue and red logo and you can usually see that in the favicon of the website. And whenever you buy something, it 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 gives you a it's called a, what's it called? An upsell. So you might buy something for ten dollars and then suddenly it says, Oh, but don't you want to buy this too? And you've got there's an image of that on my website. It just looks really cheap and scammy and horrible. So that is about it. So my advice moving forward is to find somebody that you know, like and trust. These are the three things that I was taught that people uh, will buy from you if they know you, they like you and they trust you. So you might know and like a lot of the teachers that you see selling courses. The main thing is, do you trust them? And to me, the only way you can build trust is to not try to trick your customers, not tell them lies and not use these kind of McDonald's style um, marketing funnels that they spend a lot of money on um, trying to trick you, get your money and get you to spend more. Now, I might be a complete failure in that department because I don't use these tricks, I don't like them, and I hope that I never will. If you ever see me using any kind of trick like this, then please call me out on it. And please think about the teachers like me who are not uh, McDonald's-style online tutoring companies that can afford all of these kind of marketing strategies. Think differently. Think about supporting people who are not going to trick you. 
because why would I trick you? I've got too much to lose. If if you come to my course and you find it's not what I promised, then I don't want that to happen. Um, these online tutoring companies don't care if they lose you. They might lose two or three people. They've got hundreds more who will fall for their sales tactics. So I would just like to start a little revolution where the small businesses, the self-employed teachers that you can trust are given a little bit more credit for um, their their courses and their integrity. So that's it. In the next podcast, I will hopefully find the best online courses in a more positive way for you. If you have any questions, do come to the blog and comment and I'll get right back to you. Thanks for listening. Long one today. Thanks, guys. Chat soon. Bye-bye.